And here we go. It's the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up, everybody. Welcome to the show. Bit of a different one today. Yeah, very different. It's going to be a quick one. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, well, we, maybe, maybe a quicker one. So we're not going to go through all of the news bits in this episode. This is the um, the promised uh, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 16 review. So we're not going to mess about. We're pretty much going to dive right into this. So you've seen some highlights of it. Yes, but not that was when it happened. And yeah, my, my memory is a bit short. <laughs> So I've recently just finished night two, and um, yeah, we're just going to recap the first two days of this, really. So before we get into it, for those that are new, again, this is the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up, a three-men, one-four wrestling podcast, and around the mic tonight. It's me, Ash. And I'm Russ. Welcome again, everybody. So for those who are uh, massive fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling, then obviously this is the big night for the year as it is every year, as Wrestle Kingdom is the WrestleMania, I suppose, of, of New Japan, if you want to sort of put it that way. Yeah. Um, what's the other, what, for other companies, like, would it be Starcade or? Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, WCW Starcade or. Was it Bound for Glory or Slammiversary, really, for TNA? Because they seem to. I, yeah, they, I, I've always thought it was Bound for Glory. I but... thought it was Bound for Glory, but Slammiversary, because it was the anniversary of their debut of the debut yeah because Ring of Honor had a few I think well this is a special Wrestle Kingdom this year as well so it's the 50th anniversary uh, so there's a lot of sort of song and dance and pageantry surrounding that but um, it's obviously it's the 16th installment of Wrestle Kingdom itself so 50th anniversary for the company but obviously Wrestle Kingdom the event itself 16 years so I believe it's the 16th year in a row I think that it's held from the Tokyo Dome. Um, I said on my notes about it's the 31st consecutive year New Japan and uh, Tokyo Dome on Jun- uh, January 4th. And that's courtesy of Voices of Wrestling. Yes. Um, not, not our voices, but yeah. it was a wrestling. No, Voices of Wrestling. Um, and I believe that was posted by Chris Samsa on January 3rd, 2022. So, um, yeah, 31st consecutive year, they've said, uh, which I wasn't aware that it had been that long that they've been in the Tokyo Dome or been using the Tokyo Dome for. Yeah, I knew that you I knew they did shows on January fourth, but obviously we've been the sixteenth Wrestle Kingdom, part of me thought, well what did they call it before? But it's just like a big big show, like Yeah, well it's just yeah, as, as time's gone on and evolved and we'll we'll see some firsts actually for New Japan on this particular show. But yeah, absolutely right, January fourth again is uh, Wrestle Kingdom night one. Night two held on January fifth this year. Again, was a, for a first again. There was a night three, and night three is unfortunately not something we're going to be covering in this one. But night three was the New Japan versus Noah event. Yes, which we is kind of like the proper Forbidden Door. It, yeah, it's one of them. In, yeah, in, it, in a way, overused term, but it is in a in a way. We'd said before that it's it's not the first time that they've kind of intertwined. However. Um, yeah, that's a big thing to do on on your biggest show of the calendar year. Yeah. But yeah, day three was not held from Tokyo Dome. That was held from the Yokohama Arena. And that was an exclusive event. For, to my knowledge, it was an exclusive event on the Abima TV um, app. So I think it was a pay-per-view that you, you had to purchase there. Yeah. Long story short, I've not been able to watch it. I've got the highlights, of course, but it's just really unfortunate. It wasn't, in my opinion, I don't think that was, it was very easily accessible. 
as opposed to the Wrestle Kingdom itself. Because I, I bought the bundle on Fight TV, good value for money. If that could have been put through there as well, then I would have obviously got that also. But it's just it is just a bit of a shame, really. Yeah, more you, than you got the bundle, but you didn't get a DLC. No DLC. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. It basically was the DLC for for Wrestle Kingdom this yeah. year. Um, <laughs> but no, we um, we reviewed Wrestle Kingdom 15 last year. We had a really good time watching that. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That doesn't feel like a year ago, but then again, we were all blocked up in uh, our own rooms and we couldn't... Yeah, so slightly different now, but it's not changed an awful lot, unfortunately, for New Japan in this regard. So day one, day two, the same situation again. Um, they're allowed a live audience, but they couldn't reach full capacity for the Tokyo Day. No, it's, I don't know when they will get full capacity because uh, obviously restrictions are going to be different for everywhere. Yeah, of course. But it was around about, I think, the 12,000 mark for attendees for night one. I think and so. almost uh, half that, actually, for night two. So that's it's, it's, how much does it hold? What, the, uh, Tokyo, the Tokyo Dome? It, yeah, because... I think Tokyo Dome can hold up to 50,000. Maybe even more, but it's somewhere between fifty to sixty thousand. Right, so, I'd say. Okay. So it's. I mean, you can see anyway. The lights are kind of dimmed out, obviously, but you can see all of the empty seats at the top tiers. Yeah. So it's really just the floor. I think they have people on, and also they have the restriction still that the, the crowd aren't allowed to make um, really an awful lot of noise. So no kind of audible shouting or um, screaming. You can't go wild, basically. So clapping was allowed, and I think some noise, but really suffers for me I don't want to say that it it was hurt by it um, it's just not the same without having that crowd that proper crowd participation yeah I mean I know it sounds stupid because everyone thinks Japan, the Japanese crowd is quiet and respectful but well, which they are yeah but when you when you say that they weren't allowed to make noise it kind of makes you think well realistically <laughs> what's the difference what of having them there or yeah I mean, would you... Oh, but, but they, they do normally make noise. It's just that they are... It is a very respectful audience. I think that's always been the kind of perspective of the Japanese crowd for wrestling. And it's... Again, like I wouldn't want that to change. I think that's a really... It's a beautiful thing to have those differences depending on where you are in the world. You know, that makes the wrestling products that much more different than what we're accustomed to in the West. And again, they're those true alternatives to to what we oftentimes get over here. But again, I probably I wouldn't say that it hurts it, but it, it's just a shame. But you can't really hold that against the company or the or the show itself because it's it's a product of the times that we're in, unfortunately. Yeah, they don't so, use, I don't think they use like crowd noises to make it sound like No, which I'm glad about yeah, as well. Like I'm I'm really happy that they don't do yeah, that because WWE, WWE still do it even though like well obviously they're not fully capacity because uh, some some of the empty arena shots you see but yeah. They can still probably get noise. They still they do it even with like rumble and like They pipe them in, but yeah, you know, it's again, it's what it is. But let's dive straight into it. For the um English top commentary team, uh for both of the nights, it was Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton. So always nice having uh those two on commentary. I think last year we had Rocky Romero in there as well. Yeah, that's what I thought it might have been, but um Well he was competing this year on, on the card, so yeah different kind of way that's better yeah. <laughs> i actually enjoy i enjoyed him on commentary but you know it's better to see him in the ring isn't it so but yeah no chris charlton i mean he's he's the like the walking encyclopedia for new japan 
So I found that as somebody that's been more recently over the last sort of couple of years getting more into New Japan, uh, he's been a real big help for that because he, he really helps put things together because their structure's so different and the matches and builds to things are so different, you know, tournaments that lead into X, Y, Z and everything else, like all of the structure there is such a a vast difference to what we are accustomed to here. He really does help paint the picture and nothing changes for this event. Essentially, he, he, you know, same Chris, putting it all together for you nicely. And Kevin, obviously, Kevin is Kevin Kelly. So Yeah, he's done it for a long time, hasn't he? Yeah, I think it's pretty underrated probably how long he's actually been in the business for. But um, they're the voices on the on the English commentary. So we're going to go through pre-show as well, uh, because obviously for night one, it is the, uh, the traditional, um, the Rumble match, I suppose, the New Japan Rumble. Mm-hmm. Well, the Battle Rumble, as I think I call it before. Or, well, it's the, I think as it is otherwise known as the New Japan Rambo. Um, so it's 19 men, New Japan Rambo. It will determine the challengers for the provisional KOPW 2022 trophy, which will then, that, that match will take place on night two. So we'll, we come to that later on in the review. But the Rumble obviously ends with the last four participants. Yeah. Those are the ones that go through. Um, before we get started, I'm bringing something back, Ash. Sexy back? Oh, you know it, brother. <laughs> no, I'll bring it back the trophy system. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm tightening it up though. Now we're tightening the ship up. It's a new year and I feel that if we're gonna do trophies, then you can't just give them to anybody anymore. And there's none, none of this in between, you know, before when it used to be like, well, it's too good to be gold, but it's not good enough to be platinum, so it's gold in them. None of that. No gil, no gilver. No gilvers, no. And we couldn't do that one where it wasn't a trophy, but it kind of was a bronze, and we got nons. Yeah, you can't call that. Uh, no, yeah, because that doesn't go down very well. <laughs> but the trophy system. Did you have a bronze and a silver in between? I don't think we did. Yeah, well, it would have been, but I think it was. Uh, I don't think I can't remember ever giving anything the the rating for that, but no, it would have been a, a brilver, I'd brilver, imagine. Yeah. Or a songs. I think Brilva would have been well, Brilva, right? Well, it has right? to be the first name of the first... Uh, it wasn't always. I oh, know, but... Because <laughs> we had Gilver. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the, the trophies are as followed. We've got bronze, we've got silver, gold, and platinum. Um, if the match is... It doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad match by any means, but if it's one of those that it just wasn't quite memorable or, you know, for whatever reason, then it just won't get a trophy. Is probably the best way to go about it. I think so. Um, that applies to this match, I would say. The New Japan Rambo. No trophy for it. Pure reason, it's, it's just, it's just sort of there, isn't it? Like, it's not, it's, it's a, it's a traditional, it's a tradition for the, for the show. Um, it, it's not bad, but you just, you know what you're going to get with it. There's, it's quite lighthearted. Mm. They throw comedy in there. There's interesting spots. I think the biggest thing for me in, in this match was, uh, Shima. And his return to New Japan. Oh yeah, remember Shima? He debuted in AEW like way back when at the very beginning. Uh, yes, I do actually. But so yeah, I, it was a shock seeing him come out, and he's actually one of the last four participants in in the match. Right. So he, so we know we're going to then see him at night two. I've got to say, for this reason particularly, this this would this was better than last year's New Japan Rambo for me because it does have that memorable moment of of that being in there. You know, I didn't watch last year, but I remember you not liking it. 
No, I didn't because it was just so long, and this one is just shy, probably I think of about half an hour. But yeah, seeing Shima in there was was awesome. I mean, that was his first appearance, I think, in New Japan. I think it was from since two thousand and nine. Is that right? I mean, that long? That long. I so yeah, we're we're looking at a roundabout. I, I think it might have been later in the year, but I mean, you might as well, for argument's sake, it's about thirteen years. So where where did he go through? Go from there then. I think, well, aside from obviously AEW, which was more recent, um, I know he'd been wrestling in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, okay. But I think he potentially was in um, uh, Dragon Gate. I always forget Dragon Gate is this. For some time. Yeah, well, I, I think I think he was there for a while. But again, I'm not overly familiar now with um, all the different promotions there. So for those that are listening to this, and by all means, please feel free to, to help educate me. And point me in the right direction for, for some of the best stuff. Because yeah. I'm always up for, for watching the best stuff. But, yeah, one of four winners. So I suppose I should go, go through the other three. But it was Chase Owens, uh, Minoru Suzuki and Tori Yanu. But yeah, Shima's a standout there anyway. Oh, um, eliminates Taka Michinoku. Boo, uh, I hate him. <laughs> he's got some interesting hair now, Taka. But... He's got to be near 50. Oh, he doesn't look it, though. I'll give him that. Maybe he gets a trophy just for that. But no, yeah. enjoyable for what it was, but no trophy for, for that one. But that's the only one for the for the pre-show for night one. We we kick things off. Um, they, obviously, they give us the opening package of, you know, 50 years of, of history, um, some cool stuff in there. And then, again, it's, it's very... Uh, it's got that New Japan feel to it. There's not really much more you can say about that, really, but... Um, the opening singles match of the night is uh, kind of a grudge match, if you will, between Yo and Sho. Dick Togo accompanies Sho to the ring. Um, Sho now, I believe, is with the the House of Torture. Right. Which is Evil's faction since his split from Bullet Club, I believe. Sounds about right to me. These are former tag partners. Yeah. Um, they were challenging for the junior heavyweight tag titles the year before. Yeah. And of course, a heel turn from show. Dick Togo. I, I, I just love Dick Togo. I just love seeing him pop up. <laughs> I just love Dick. Yeah, I, yeah. Well. We all love Dick. We all love him. Uh, <laughs> um, the match itself, like, I liked it. But for New Japan standards, it was quite short. Well, how short is short? Cause... It's got to be like, it was about 12, 13 minutes long. It, it was 100%. It wasn't any longer than when, 13 minutes. Yeah, when you think... Um, 30 minutes doesn't sound like a short match. But for New Japan standards... Yeah, New Japan is usually... Obviously, because like, in the main events and the, the bigger marquee matches, you always think it's like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. They are nowadays, yeah. yeah. Which is... I think but that that's the thing. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to go into that territory where because it was a shorter match, it was a bad match. Oh, no. There's, I've, there's been some matches in like, like five minutes since I've really enjoyed them. Yeah. But... It was. It just. It just sort of existed for me. It just didn't do enough to sort of live that long in the memory. But there's there's something that kind of plagues night one for me or day one. I, I probably should call it for me for Wrestle Kingdom. And this actually does factor into it. Um, I'll probably elaborate on it a bit more as we go through the review. But day one this year felt more like a like a trailer or a preview for day two because most of the matches that happened on day one were kind of the things that you would expect to see on like a go-home show before the actual pay-per-view. Right. Do you get what I mean? 
Yeah, because didn't I, well, the year before was the unification of the Intercontinental and the World Title, weren't it? So it yeah. kind of had the same effect to you as last year's did, but not because obviously, like WrestleMania has different a different card. We have a different guy for both days. Yeah, but although that's quite a new concept for yeah. WrestleMania, but yeah, this one is obviously they'll have the same people compete on both nights. Yeah. Not always, it's the, the, always the same people, but there, there's a lot of it. And the, where it doesn't quite meet the same um, standards for me from last year is... I th- last year, I think we were all in agreement that day one kind of overall was a much better show. Yeah, it was. I mean, day two wasn't bad. It just Oh, no, it was good. It but just it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it didn't have the same... It there, there, was, there was more meat in the sandwich, in the middle of the sandwich... For, for day one. Yeah. And I feel like the ro- roles have been reversed for, for day two here, but, uh, or for this year, I should say. But yeah, this one, it just ends with, I think, show goes to cheat. Obviously, the house of torches ways. Uh, it kind of backfires. I think it was a wrench, I think he brought out, but, but regardless, it doesn't work for him and, and Yo picks up the win there. So, um, but again, it all, story continues into day two. No trophy. It was good though. Like, not as good, I think, as maybe some of their other stuff seems to have been. But it just wasn't that memorable, really. Okay. And for an opening contest, again, compared to last year, it was um, just sort of slightly easing you in. But Slipping the dick in. Slipping, yeah. I think you have to start with dick. Yeah, That's, you always have to start with dick. You have to start with dick. Dick to go in. Uh, but next up is a six-man tag team match, and it's Bullet Club, uh, Bullet Club members, I should say, Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. And they're taking on uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and the Mega Coaches, which is Ryusuke Taguchi. Sorry, Ryusuke Taguchi and Rocky Romero. Um, Yeah, again, another sort of advertisement for what's going to come up in day two, this one. Um, More so between Kenta and Tanahashi. So night two... Of course, it's going to be the uh, IWGP US title on the line between Kenta and Tanahashi. Right. He's going to be defending that in a no disqualifications match. And there's a big thing built up here about um, Tanahashi not obviously wanting to suit that low, etc., etc. But we'll get to it for that match. Here, though, they kind of play on it. And again, for me, when I say about it had that go-home show feel, as opposed to being the actual Wrestle Kingdom card, um, the match ends in a disqualification because Tanahashi gets the kendo stick. And just starts pelting, I think it was Kenta, um, but he just starts hitting him with it. Right. I get the story behind it, because again, I think we said last year, the story a lot building around Tanahashi was that he's older now, can he keep up? Of course he can, he's still one of the best in the world. <laughs> but this year the story's been more about, it's, it's not his like physical attributes, it's about his his morality. And it's about, look, he's the guy, he's never wanted to use weapons. He wants to win the title, but he's he's not going to like the way he's got to do it. Right. That was kind of the story, right? And they play on it in this match. Like I say, he he kind of loses it at the end and starts using the, the kendo stick to to beat on Kenta. What's your, I was going to say, what's your opinion on having people wrestle two big, have two big matches in two nights? Well, that's the thing for me. That's That's what I mean. This wasn't a big match. It didn't feel like a big match. But I... Because we're going to see El Fantasmo the next night. Right. We're going to see um, the Mega Coaches the following night. 
so that's what I mean. There wasn't anything in this match aside from that ending. Right. There's nothing really that happens in this match that really stands out. I know it will be exactly 24 hours the next day and don't be too beaten up. No, you don't be too beaten up, but that's what I, like they didn't go all out for it. And I, I wouldn't expect you to if you're going to have two matches in, in the span of 24 hours almost. But this is Wrestle Kingdom. This wasn't a go home show, and it just this the match was probably the most disappointing for night one for me. Okay, just on the basis that this was a really slow start now because Yo versus Show was as quick as it was. I can't you wanted still a bit more out of it, and this match was just like man, like I hope we're going to pick up the pace a bit. So this was a Bullet Club win, yeah. Well, technically it's a Bullet Club win because of the D- yeah the DQ finish, but because um, I got it's like Rocky Romero's only won once. At Wrestle Kingdom, that was Wrestle Kingdom 11, where him and Beretta beat the Young Bucks. I think they do mention that. So Rapongi Vice beating the Young Bucks is... That's also been mentioned recently on AEW yeah. because of the... And uh, Tanahashi is, and probably still is, the uh, second most ring time in a Tokyo Dome. Only... Um, I think he has the most main events. But Yushin Liger has the... Um, the most time, but yeah, I reckon Tanahashi has more main events. Yeah, so, I, it sounds I about right. It does sound about right. I think so for you know longevity there and everything. But yeah, so no no trophy for this one. Interesting stats there again. That's a big thank you, I think, to to Voices of Wrestling um, for getting the research there. Really interesting to read through. Um, well, okay, up next is uh, it's another six man tag team match. This one again is a, just another trailer for night two. It's the United Empire. Taking on Los Ingobernable de Japan and uh, the United King, United Kingdom, <laughs> the United Empire members is the um, not reigning, but the the air quote real uh, IWGP Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay taking uh, with Great Khan and Jeff Cobb, and the Los Ingobernable uh, de Japan members is Tetsuya Naito, Sonada, and Bushi. And I will apologise for any mispronunciation um, of Los Ingobernable de Japan. I don't say it often enough that I like it rolls off no. off the tongue. <laughs> so, That's why Bullet Club's so easy to pronounce. Yeah, but no. Um, again, I'm, it's this. I liked it a bit more than the other one because it told a more interesting story with with Will. But again, the match was just really sort of for me focused more around Will. Um, Will Ospreay is 100% going to be taking on the winner of, of day one's main event. Yeah. Which is... So his kind of deal in this match is that he doesn't want to really get involved because literally for the reason we just saying with the other match, yeah. you want to be fresh. Yeah, it's like doing um, Elimination Chamber then going to a... <laughs> well, it's like maybe slightly different. No, but um, the, <laughs> it was like um, they did a War Games. Right. And then the next day it was Survivor Series and then... Some people that were in raw war games and were in it for a we're long time. The, yeah, we're in Survivor Series, like <laughs> actually, like no sold. But yeah, no sell it. Yeah, I well, w- one thing is that people were selling stuff from day one to two, which you know, by the by, but it selling, doesn't that doesn't happen here. Then, what the fuck? I know, right? Uh, but yeah, no, that side of things worked for me, and of course, Jeff Cobb takes on Naito in day two, and Sonada takes on. Um, Great Khan. So there's a bit of a there's, there's build there for sure, but that's again just pushes into that 
the idea that this was just like a, a warm-up teaser trailer for day two. And it just, it just I don't know, it was just a bit weird. It just felt really played with. I, I liked the match, as I say, more. I still wouldn't give it a trophy. Okay. If I, if I was going to give a trophy for this one, I'd give it bronze. But I just, I'm kind of struggling with the, um, the idea that this was, it just, it, it feels like a pre-show match. Right. Like, I don't want to say, I, I, that sounds, I don't mean that in like a bad way, but it's, it's because day one is the pre-show to day two. That's probably the best way to explain it. I don't know. It's, it doesn't really get one, any, anything more than that for me. Hidden Blade seals the deal. Um, I think it's Bushi that, that takes the pinfall. I can't remember. <laughs> but it's the that, Hidden Blade ends it. And considering that um, United Empire? United Empire, yeah. Yeah, they had the best trios record of last year. Do you yeah. keep, keep it going for the beginning of the year? And... It's Well, it's, the, it's good to keep the, the trios record going. They don't have a such a good night yeah. too, but <laughs> we, and, we get to it. And um, does that mean that there will be... Like if this is AEW, they'd be like ranked fifteenth in the <laughs> trios. Oh man! But no. Uh, thankfully, after this one, we we pick it up a bit, and this was—I mean, this was kind of mind blowing. So, uh, Katsuyori Shibata returned to pro wrestling in the G One Climax. Yeah, I think he did. He was away from, I believe it was 2017, and it was due to an injury. You were aware of the situation with Shibata? I knew about it. Do you know what the injury was? Um, I don't actually, but it wasn't a neck thing, was it? Or was that he was nearly paralyzed? He had a bleed on the brain. That was it. So I think the match, I think it was a match with Okada, and he's delivering headbutts in the match. And they were... For whatever reason, I, I guess just unlucky, because you see it all the time. But he's he's headbutting, and they're stiff. But he collapses backstage after the match, and he's he's rushed to hospital. And yeah, it's a uh, uh, some type of hematoma. But it, essentially, it's yeah, it's a bleed on the brain. So since he's been back, he had this uh, like just a grappling match with Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. So no striking, not allowed to do anything like that. It was just. Just a, a, a wrestling match, but yeah, a grappling match. Yeah. That was the deal here. And he had a mystery opponent and the opponent was Ren Narita. Now, I don't know how much of it potentially is a work or not. They really kind of, Chris and, and Kevin really pushed this on the commentary, English commentary, but, uh, and, and they, they explained it as that he's gone into business for himself. But Shibata, just before the match starts, grabs the mic and he says, basically, we're, to hell with those rules. We're not doing that. We're going to have a proper wrestling match. Yeah. I've, and they I've... do, and they proceed to kick the crap out of each other. <laughs> uh, what, I mean, thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that was a, this slightly uh, worked or? I can't think of, even though it sounds like a strong style type of thing, I don't want to say it would be worked. But... It feels like it's not a New Japan type of thing to work you like that. No. I, I don't know. I think it's a it was a weird situation. And in all honesty, the match, I mean, just getting right into that, the, the match is awesome. Like this was the first one of the of the card that made me kind of be like, wow, right, okay, Wrestle Kingdom. But it was just kind of odd, that beginning, just because... 
you know, if he's gone into business for himself or, or however you want to kind of word it. I mean, fair play to the guy for even just being in the ring at all after a bleed on the brain. I mean, by all sort of rights, potentially, he, he should have never even been back in the ring. Nah, because you've... Because obviously now you hear about people collapsing in mm. sports and then their career is never the same again, apart from the odd occasion. But yeah, bleeding the brain is not... <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, really, really bad. Yeah. Um, but honestly... You know, they still had a good wrestling match. It wasn't like they just went in there and it was just strikes galore. You know, catch wrestling is is one of the staples, and it was it it was really just really well done, well executed throughout the match. If I'm honest, I think Renneria came out of that match looking awesome. I mean, it's 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 interesting to see potentially what Shibata's going to do going forwards, and if New Japan, you know, I don't know how kind of angry they would have been from. From that, you know, if we're presuming it's not a work, which again, I think we're both leaning towards, and most people are going to lean towards it's not a work, no. per se, that, that bit at the beginning of the match. But, you know, if they're not angry of it, it'll be interesting to see what they kind of do. I think he, I, I think he's got to just, as long as he's careful, because you can't have this happening again, and New Japan can't let that happen on their watch either. So understandable, uh, it's understandable for them to be very cautious of the situation, but I'm excited. I, I am genuinely excited to see what he does going forwards. And it was really just a tragedy anyway, <clears throat> what happened, but it was the fact that it was, he was really just about to get this main event push at the time that it was happening. And him wrestling Okada, I think was the testament to that. Yeah. But Ren has got some, I think Ren could have a great year. Well, we have to wait and see that. You know, you never, yeah, you never know what could happen. Because as as also we are seeing a lot of people we know who we never thought would return to the ring coming back and having a better career for it. We're seeing it with Edge, we're seeing it with Brian Danielson. Yeah, I I think, and it's great. It's great to see people back, and as long as people are going to be healthy, that's that's really the the main thing. Um, so you know, even even the match quality aside, if this wasn't a good match. By all intents and purposes, you know, subjective, I know. But if, if if you didn't believe it was a good match, that's kind of really secondary to the fact that we've got Shibata back in the ring and, you know, he's, he's happy to be there. But the thing is, on the plus side for me, as I said, this was a great match. I loved it. And, yeah, he picks up the win with the penalty kick. And that's that mm. PK kick job done. Trophy, definitely, for this match. I suppose it's just whether or not this goes for bronze or silver. Um, you can't go in between. I can't go in between. I think purely based on the fact that this was kind of out of nowhere because of that announcement, I think we'll go silver for this one. It was a good outing, a really good outing, but more the bigger story there was more that Shibata's back. Yeah, and it was his first Wrestle Kingdom match since Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom 11 mm-hmm. in a, where he lost to Haruki Goto in a never open weight title match. There you go. Five, yeah, five years. And uh, never open weight championship is actually what comes up next. Well, that was, that e- was lucky I said that. Wasn't it? <laughs> Evil comes out with his dick. Um, oh, more, we get more dick. <laughs> yeah, of course we get more dick. You can never have enough dick. Jay ain't here. <laughs> but this one, uh, yeah, it's for the never open weight championship, and he takes on reigning champion uh, Tomohiro Ishii, who again we'd recently seen wrestling in AEW also. And Impact. And Impact, yeah. Um, the guy is kind of like he's just built like a built like a wall, isn't he? Like he walks to the ring and he's like his head's like 
you know, so much further forwards than his body. Yeah. Um, he's just got, like, his upper body strength just looks incredible. Like, he looks like a boulder, but with a head. He kind of looks like um, Gollum, the Pokemon. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. <laughs> Not Gollum from Lord of the Rings, but Gollum, the Pokemon. Yeah, I wouldn't call him that. <laughs> but, yeah, Evil, again, as we say, comes out with Dick Togo. Evil, just on a side note, I think has one of my favourite uh, entrance themes in all of New Japan. I just I love it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's great though, isn't it? I just I love his entrance. This was again, I really enjoyed this one. It's the same kind of deal as as the match before though in terms of like how long they kind of were. They I think they both fall under 15 minutes. Right. Which again feels really weird for New Japan, but pretty enjoyable if I'm honest. Evil picks up the win and becomes a new never open weight champion. There is a spot in here worth mentioning, which is they're they're on the outside and <laughs> they kind of they have the chair battle, right? And then uh, Evil gets the better of this exchange, but he, like the the base of the chair sort of comes out, or I think he just or, or he opens it slightly and basically puts it over um, Ishii's head. Then he grabs the other chair and he swings <laughs> full pelt at this chair whilst it's, like, wrapped around Ishii's head, and it just spins around his neck. And it looked gross. Right. But, like, in a really good way. <laughs> but, visually, but visually, it looks good. Um, It looked awesome. It looked awesome. I, I, I just, I, I like, again, it was evil. Evil was kind of the guy that comes across here as, as the guy in the match. Um, But I think this is the whole House of Torture thing at the moment. It's the gimmick of they'll do anything it takes to win a match. Right. And, you know, that is that is what happens here. And that's you always get that feeling when Dick Toe goes about anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's good heat there. Again, it's going to kind of set up a, a bit more for a, a match that they're going to have on day two. Mm. But this one didn't feel as much of a pre-show bout for me. This one felt important because there was a title on the line. Yeah. There was something at stake here. And that's something that the other matches in the in the show just didn't really have. There wasn't really anything at stake for me, other than you, that kind of metaphorical momentum going into day two. But that that really was about it. But this one, bronze. Okay. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. A couple of things. Um, Ishii has got one of the worst records in the Tokyo Dome by someone who's wrestled more than ten matches. He's like, wow. He's like the third worst. Um, there was the first time either of them had won a singles match in Tokyo Dome because um, first time Evil's won a singles see, match in the Tokyo. Yeah, because he's always been like a tag team. Wow, what was this match last year? He lost to Sonada, I think it was, wasn't it? Was it Sonada last year? Yeah, Evil. Evil's first match in Tokyo Dome was his last last year to Sonada. Wow. Um, Ishii had lost had lost the Never Open Weight Championship match and the Red Pro Championship match before that. So he's not good at doing a title. Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> um, also, the, the Never Open Championship has changed hands the most of any, has the highest percentage of any of the singles titles, but obviously... Wow. <clears> now <throat> that the, the world titles are different lineage, if, if you know what I mean, because obviously they, when they vacate the original one... And that's yeah. The and uh, yeah, like the Never, the Never Open World title seems to ch- always change hands at the uh, Russell Kingdom. Wow. It's like only one time. It's like two out of the last nine times that it's been defended. It's um, had a retain. 
So that's a first then for evil. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I, that surprised me. I suppose it's always little things like that that... Yeah, because you always think about... It probably was mentioned, to be fair. I feel like that probably would have been mentioned on commentary because they are very good with that. Yeah. Chris is particularly, but... No, that's very interesting. Well, more... I feel like this was kind of a repeat, actually, from <laughs> from last year, from Wrestle Kingdom 15. So we had the uh, IWGP Tag Team Championship on the line next, and it was the reigning champions, Dangerous Techers, taking on Chaos. Dangerous Techers, of course, have made up of Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr., um, I think Miho Abe comes out with um, uh, Tai Chi. Right. I think that might be a name. And Chaos members uh, are Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi. A tag team, I think, that was formed last year. Long story short, Chaos walk out with the titles. But I'm pretty sure Dangerous Techers, because they lost... They went in as reigning champions last year, I believe. I think so. And then they lost. And then I think they only recently won them back. Yeah, so I don't know if this about right. I, about right. I don't know if this was potentially their first title defense. I I like it. It takes a bit of a while to get going, but I feel like sometimes the sort of dangerous techers matches they they can be a bit more like that. Right. The longer ones. Um and I say longer ones and this one does clock in at around about probably maybe 16 minutes ish. Okay. So again, it's not like long, long, but it's. But it, to be fair, it is a long show, so it's not. It, can't, it has the right to do it. I think that's. Do you know what? I think that's half the problem is because like it's it's a long show anyway, and then when you're looking at both days together, it, it is. It's just it is long, and you can lose sort of track of time on stuff. So sometimes things might feel longer than they actually are. I think that was probably the case for this one. It did feel a bit longer than it was because it it like I said, it took a bit of a while to get going. It was still a good match for me. So there was new champions. New champions. Again, set something up going forwards. Nice for chaos, I guess. But I think more more, more to do with the fact that I think something like these guys were... I don't want to say like maybe lower card talent, but they certainly weren't featured right. in the same light as, say, Dangerous Techers are. You know, I this, see, this feels see. like a big break for them and, and that's a good thing for them. So they were snookering you tonight. <laughs> so um, I still I still don't know. If, I, I think I said this last year about, do they, do they really know what Dangerous Techers is in Japan? Cause I don't think they understand. Yeah. Do, they, do they know what Techers means? Techers, probably, maybe, if they've looked into it a bit more. It's just funny, isn't it? It's just the yeah. British sort of term. And like you just know that's that's 100% come from Zach. And yeah, then, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Will Ospreay's comes out with some good stuff now as well that you just think they probably just don't know and for it's us like, it's just funny isn't it it's but, having uh, the Cheeky Nando's kit yeah Cheeky Nando's kit I mean because well he's a heel now so he just calls everybody a slag so <laughs> of course he does <laughs> but the yeah now this match um, not to say too much more on it because again the same with any of the matches really you have to go and watch it yourself and you have to um, form your own opinions, really. But, you know, I liked it. I think that there was some backstory, I think, between Tai Chi and maybe Yoshihashi. They're two kind of face tag teams, I believe. So it's not like... Okay. Do you know what I mean? It was it was nice. There's some good, there are some good stats in this, though. When, uh, um, that the, the tag titles, the heavyweight tag titles, have changed hands uh, in the last 10 
Tokyo Dome defences. Do you want to know who the last successful team was? What to defend the titles? Yeah, that didn't that defended it. Car. I mean, it's probably years ago. 2013. Wow. And it was uh, David Smith Jr. and Lance Archer. Wow. And it was against Goto and Carl Anderson. So that really is like a cursed title yeah. to to defend at Wrestle Kingdom. But you say that um, Goto before that match had lost the last five attempts of winning the tag titles. Uh, Yoshihashi, is that how you pronounce his name? Had lost the like it was six and uh, oh and six. Wow. And um, yeah, the tag team were Goto and Hashi were oh and oh and three. And they lost two title matches to um, Sax David Jr. before. Tag titles have been defended 30 times in Tokyo Dome and changed hands now. Well, 31 now. It's been changed hands seven, 18 times. <laughs> it's been defended uh, 265 times since 1985 since they've had the tag titles. And wow. it's changed hands about 30, about nearly 35% of those matches. So that's a Pretty good, uh, yeah. Yeah, really that good. is. Wow. Well, that's another one for the for the stats um, to tack on there then. But yeah, I'll give it a bronze, this one. Okay. I enjoyed it. Bronze. Bronze. Well, we're into our semi-main event for, the, uh, for day one. This one uh, contested for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And it sees the reigning champion El Desperado taking on Hiromu Takahashi. Um, I enjoyed this one a lot, actually. But again, I think we're looking at under 20 minutes. Uh, It's, I think, I don't know how many times they've gone against each other in the past. There's clearly history there. But the story, as it was being built on commentary, was that El Desperado essentially can't really call himself the like a real champion. like He, he can't be a true uh, IWGP junior heavyweight champion until he defeats Hiromu Takahashi. And th- I feel like that was that was really heavy going into it and during the match, uh, at least laid on by commentary. Um, Desperado does retain. Right. So, you know, I guess then that, that kind of puts a, a lid on, on that element of it. But it, like again, I, it's, I can't really go through all like move by move of things that go that happen in this. But it kind of is like a hundred mile an hour thing. It is one of those like where it is just. Um, I think best match of the night so far. This one mm-hmm. up to this point, this is the best match. Um, it is a silver for me. Purely just based on the fact that again, like gold and platinum have got to be like, yeah, you know. I'm chuffed. Like I said, I've gotten stingy now in uh, in the past year. Yeah, funny how we always talk about if it was in a Tokyo Dome, six stars. But this isn't a Tokyo Dome. Well, no. I mean, well, we probably should have had a look and seen what Meltzer gave some of these. But um, uh, we'll do it in a bit, actually. He's this is what you know. That's it's up to him, isn't it? But yeah. I liked it. And the silver's you know for a trophy, it's wonderful, isn't it? So, so it I'm sure everybody cares. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's just there to give it some sort of structure, isn't it? Because exactly. that's that's what we lack. Did you say it was, uh, retain? Uh, yeah, El Desperado retains title on this one because it was the first time since some bloke called Prince Devitt defended it in 2013. I feel like they mentioned that. I think they mentioned it on there. Yeah, it beat a 
Ibushi and Loki to retain his title in 2013. Wow. So, and we talked about how the tag titles have done the same thing. Which is, I, I think they needed some good moments. Like, they needed moments for the stats like this in there. Again, it's, it's a 50th anniversary show. You want there to be memorable things. And that day one wasn't memorable overall for the match qualities of, of certain, you know, for, for most of the cards. So, yeah. at least it, it can go down in the books there. But, so, um, I know I, I did like it. I think I think there's better matches that they've had, it, uh, potentially. Yeah. And, that, and that was, I think, most of the kind of um, sort of feeling online about it. I can't really comment on that because I've not really seen many of their other encounters, but for what this was, I enjoyed it. It says that they had a match in 2006, which was a, uh, I think it was a Tundra draw? Well, no, no, the, it was a the Hello Tundra draw in the Best of Super Juniors tournament. It was the first time since 2006. Wow. Um, also, the Junior Heavyweight title seems to be the least uh, 28.62% of the time it's changed hands. That's before, obviously, that's before the so that's, and it's been going since 1986. It's had three, over 300 matches. Ooh. Yeah. It's been like 19 times. That's crazy. In Tokyo Dome. So. Also, it says the shortest time is 36 minutes. The shortest match of a junior heavy rate title defence. Uh, well, before this it would have yeah. been, yeah. But this was... Uh, 100% this was under under 20 minutes. I think... Yeah, I think I read somewhere it was about sixteen something, right. but it's hundred percent. Yeah, this was it was a quick quick ordeal. A lot of them were the longest match of the night, even longer than the New Japan Rambo is the main event. Ash, and that's what we're on now Ooh. for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Reigning and defending champion Shingo Takagi defends against Kazuchika Okada, or as some call him, the Shawn Michaels of New Japan. <laughs> um, well, Shawn Michaels of Wrestle Kingdom. Sometimes yeah. people say I don't know if that's like always a fair comparison, but I, I think Mister Mister Wrestle Kingdom. He's Mister Wrestle Kingdom. That's that's the best way of putting it. Um, I, I mean, the backstory to this is that because it, it is kind of a weird one. Obviously, following Wrestle Kingdom last year, we had the um, unification match: Kota Ibushi, clear undisputed champion, uh, has got both the IWGP. Um, I think it was heavyweight and the intercontinental, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Straps together and then they they create the new belt that you said reminded you of the Divas title. <laughs> yeah, it's, it still hasn't grown on me, but it probably will do in the future. Like, Or like a, a Cody Rose neck tattoo, is what people say. Yeah, it was, a, it was the Divas title and the Cody neck tattoo. I knew we were going to talk about it. <laughs> you can never not talk about Cody Rose. No, I, I, the, the belt's grown on me. I do like it. I, I just prefer the old one. So, you know, nice that um, Okada comes out with the old one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, it's kind of like burying the title. Already. I, I don't think... No, I don't, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. And it didn't come across like that. I think it was just... It was more of a respect thing. But, it, like, again, so that, that all happens. And then Will Ospreay uh, takes the title off of Ibushi and... It kind of felt like we were going to get this big now run from from Osprey, and injury, of course, plagues, as it always does, and always seems to hit at like the worst times. Like, no, it's not like you never want anyone to be injured, but like, it's always during something like yeah. the worst possible time, and isn't it? Um, but that's what happens effectively, and then he has to drop. And we fast forward; we've got Shingo Takagi now as the as the champion, and in all fairness to him. 
Um, guys had a pretty good run. I believe he won. He had the most single match victories of 2021. Uh, yeah, he had the most, and Okada had the second most. Okada had the second most, but yeah. by win percentage, Osprey was better. Which, but also that would include like tag matches. Well, realistically, though, when when you yeah, but then when you look at that, then I suppose it's apropos that you have those three main event in both nights. Yeah, it's. Storytelling without knowing you're doing the storytelling itself. Unless it's all well, it's all planned, I guess yeah. though, isn't it? I mean like <laughs> in terms of, obviously it's planned, like yeah, but they're, you, they're booked, but if if that's the way they want it I mean that's strong booking, isn't yeah. it? Like ultimately. It just comes down to you you've booked them the, they're, they're the strongest of the year and now now they're main event in the biggest, you know, show. Just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um But Okada obviously G one climax winner and he comes out with the um with the old belt and Shingo comes out awesome awesome attires again New Japan entrance I mean, attires anyway but like it's it's usually like just the walkout gear is always just awesome um Okada's got this this really nice kind of um like kimono I think and it's got like loads of scripture on it and it's all history of New Japan over the last 50 years um that they reference out on commentary that that's really cool Shingo looks cool I mean, this match was under 40 minutes, but it's probably not shy or, or, or only maybe just shy of maybe 40. Um, it's somewhere between that sort of 35, 40 mark. I expected as much. It's a main event of yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. Um, this match easily was, for me, the best match, like quality-wise, of, of the show. But I was a bit burnt out by the time we got to it. That's the only criticism, but that wasn't the match's fault. And that was a, kind of a, a byproduct of the show, really, for me, of day one. But the match was just amazing. Like, it, I, for me, if it, more than anything, although Okada walks away with the title here, and that kind of had to happen. Yeah. Um, I think you had to have Okada and Osprey night too. So Okada would become the second most uh, main event winner in the uh, in the Dome. Only Tanahashi was better. Well, he's had long. I think, like we said, I think he's had longer there, hasn't yeah. he? And um, it tie the series between Shingo and Okada to two all. Okada is is the right guy to win, and it's it's a hell of a fight. But I ju- I just think Takagi came out of that looking pretty good. You know, I know I don't I don't the, the guy's like I think late thirties. I might be wrong about that, and that's. You know, considering that he only kind of really went into the main event scene last year, it seems a bit later for him. Right. But I would 100% want to see him back there because he, he really was kind of like a, a shock. Um, for me, the the match is a platinum. Okay. Just a really bizarre night because nothing really was... It, it just didn't have like a good build up to it. It was kind of like you had to sit through it. You had a couple of nice little gems here and there. And then, you know, you got that. But even this match is kind of like a bit of a prequel to the following night. Yeah. And I know that's not... We had, It was sort of similar last year because of the, you know, Bushi going up against Jay White. Yes. But a lot of the... the I feel like last year there was a lot more build around Ibushi and Naito. So that still felt like a really big match, whereas this one, yeah, it was it was still built as a big match between Okada and, and Takagi, but 
anyone in their right mind knew that this was always going to end with Okada and Osprey again. You know, second uh, Wrestle Kingdom in a row that they're going to have a match. You know, and they and they have got a lot of history there. So, and it's to crown effectively the undisputed champion. Yeah, because you know Osprey does have a, a kind of a, you know a claim to it because he he never lost it. But yeah. they didn't need a, to- a ladder match to do it. no ladder match needed but no night one overall that one's in the books I'll try and whiz through um, do you want to do the Meltzer ratings or not bothered well you can go through them if you want for them well yeah um, I'm going to keep I'm going to get the names wrong so I'm going to call it Yosho Yosho that was was kind you could just say match well pre-show match one well the pre-show isn't on here Uh, match one was three stars the first six-man tag was a 2.25. The next one was a three. Shibata which, uh, was a three. Shibata, yeah. yeah. Shibata was a 3.5. Hmm. What did you say about Ishii and Evil? What did you say? What did you say? Uh, I gave it a bronze. One star. Mounter gave it. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people did potentially like it, but again, like, it's subjective, and I, I enjoyed it. But... Uh, Maybe it was because it's conditioning of I wasn't overly impressed yeah. with the card before. And again, it's not saying it's bad, but it doesn't live up to the typical Wrestle Kingdom standards. But I'm sticking by it. You know, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> I, like we always say, it doesn't matter what one person says or what you think. No, exactly. And that's the same for everybody listening. Uh, Tekkers was 4.25. Same as Desperado. The main event was a 4.75. Hmm. So well, almost the same as yours. Oh well, almost. You've never seen me and Dave Meltzer in the same room at the same time, have you? <laughs> Cheers, Dave. Cheers for that, mate. Right. Can I find day two stats now? Okay. Day two. I'm going to try and whiz through day two. Three matches on the pre-show for this one, and they're all six-man tags. Uh, the first one is Yuji uh, Nagata. Uh, and Great Bash Heel. Uh, they defeated the Bullet Club members of Bad Luck Farley, Guido and Jado. Um, it's just sort of there. Like, it's all right. No trophy, but it is just sort of there. Second one on there was Master, we- uh, Master Waito and uh, Tenkozi, I think is how you pronounce it, which is Hiroshi, um, Hiroyoshi, Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima. And they beat Suzuki Gun members, El Desperado, um, Yoshinobu, Kanemaru and Taka Michinoki. Uh, by a submission. Strange, because El Desperado kind of had his big moment the night before, and yeah. then he, he comes out here. Um, 50-50 booking. It was a bit, yeah, well, it was a bit 50-50 booking, and I was intrigued to see how some of the results from the night previous would impact, you know, day two. Um, day two. Lost in Goblin, Arble, uh, De Japan members Shingo Takagi, Bushi, and Hiromu Takahashi also then defeats uh, Suzuki Gun members. Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Dookie. They did, all, they did it all for the Dookie. <laughs> they did it all for the Dookie. So yeah, not a great couple of nights for Dangerous Techers. Nah. Overall, they lost both matches on the on um, both the nights. But Shingo picks up a, a win there at least. But it's not the last time we'll see him on, uh, on the card. Um, I might as well just cover that bit now, actually, before we get into like the main card. But we do have a segment later on i think it's about sort of halfway through where the um pro wrestling noah guys walk out and they take over the ring 
and they're just in there sort of cutting the the promo building up for that kind of exclusive night three right yeah it is really cool because leading the charge is keiji muto haven't seen him for a long long time on new japan you know he leads them all out there and then you get like shingo and a couple of the others coming out um i think naito was with him i can't remember I think he was. But you get them coming out and they're just sort of like, well, there's only three of us and like 20 odd of you. So we're probably, we won't do this now. We'll wait until the, until the show a few days later, which I think was on the 8th. Cause it was like a few ga- days. It was, it was, gap. Uh, cause it was, I think it was the Monday and Tuesday. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Then, <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. And I think it was, I think it was definitely a Saturday for the day three. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, nothing, no trophies really needed uh, for the pre-show. That was something that happened midway through. Into the matches, Ash. We had uh, Flying Tiger taking on... Uh, well, this was, it was a three-way match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, tag Team Championship, I should say. Um, so it's a triple threat, basically, like tag team match. Yeah, I think they do this every year, don't they? Yeah, so you had the um, champions... The Flying Tiger, which is made up of Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask. Which one? Because there's like five Tiger Masks. <laughs> yeah, well, current Tiger Mask. Taking on the Mega Coaches, uh, Ryusuke Taguchi and Rocky Romero. And Bullet Club's cutest tag team, Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo. So that's their gimmick right. now. And that's actually their what they're known as, is Bullet Club's cutest tag team, which is quite funny. Um, is it? I like it. I just think it's funny. No, like, I don't mean like guys. Funny, but is it like the cutest tag team? Because there's a few tag teams, isn't there? I mean, Rocky Romero's all right, isn't he? Cute little man. I was going to say out of the Bullet Club members, but yeah, fine. <laughs> cute little man. I can't believe the words cute little man just come out of my mouth to describe Rocky Romero. Honestly, he's probably bigger than me. In what way? In every way. Okay. <laughs> But no, um, I enjoyed this, actually, probably a lot more than I thought I would. Definitely a better opener. Good story around uh, El Fantasmo at the moment. So he's been they've been building this thing with him that he's got the loaded boot. Okay, so... Older thing in wrestling, isn't it? Yeah. The long story short here was that it's it's been like speculated for ages that El Fantasmo's got something in his boot that when he kicks people with it, like, I mean, he knocks them out. There's a point in the match where they all kind of, like, hold him down. They get his boot off, they're looking in the boot, and they pull out a little chunk of metal. And what happens here was really interesting, because you don't see this done really ever, but the referee's, like, holding it now, and he's like, wait, this is from your boot? Everyone's like, yeah, it's from his boot, and it's like this kind of, like, well, what's going to happen here moment? And he goes over, it looks like he's going to call for the DQ. And I'm like, they're not going to end the opening match of day two on a DQ. And it's a triple threat. In a triple threat. But he does DQ, but he DQs the Bullet Club, or Bullet Club's cutest tag team, which effectively just eliminates them from the match. Right. So the match continues with the other two teams. I thought that was really good. I liked that. That's different. It is different. That's what I mean. You don't ever really see it. But like logically, that makes sense. If you're going to DQ people in a multi-man match, where there's like three opposing sides as opposed to two, mm-hmm. you know, like a one-on-one, two-on-two, like there's three different teams here. It just makes sense to disqualify the team. 
but the match doesn't have to end because do you see what I mean? Like it just you're yeah. disqualified from that, you're removed from this match because you. It just made so like the logic there hurt my brain because you're not used to <laughs> to seeing like logic like this properly yeah. in wrestling. I mean, I was gonna say I, I, there was one. I can't remember which game it was, but I did get DQ'd in a triple threat match on one of the SmackDown games. Do you remember that game when um, Seth Rollins gets DQ'd in Hell in a Cell? Oh wait, no, that actually happened. Uh, well, you say <laughs> there's been loads. There's been there's throwing been, shade. There's been cage matches and multiple promotions that ended in DQ. Oh yeah, no, it's not just a WWE thing. It's just they're the big dog. It's easy to throw sticks at them, isn't yeah. it? But <laughs> but anyway, it's not about them. It's about New Japan, and more specifically, it's about Flying Tiger who. Um, retain the title. So Robbie Eagles, Tiger Mask, they uh, keep the championship in this one. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I did. I did really enjoy this match. I, to be honest, I give this a silver just for the um, ingenuity of of that disqualification spot. Right. Because it was it's one of those rare occasions where a DQ happens, and I was like, oh, that actually, like, I enjoyed that because it didn't take away from the match. It took them away from the match, but I was going to say. But Story-wise, did, it made so much sense. Did he actually use it, or was it because he got found out? But this this whole story with the boot, though, the loaded boot, has been going on for some time. Like this isn't just a just for Wrestle so Kingdom like sort the, of thing. It's, it's, it's been going on for months. Yeah, it's the regal brass knuckles. It's yeah, the, it's uh, the regal brass knuckles. Uh, he gave Mouse gave this a four. Okay, silver for me. A strong silver, just like the boot, just Be- like the metal in the boot. Big boot, big boot. Right, this next one. This is the real history-making moment for me. So last year we had a, um, uh, a stardom match on the pre-show. Yeah. This year we got a match on the main card. Which is something I've asked about for the last couple of years. Why haven't they done it? Crazy. that it's, it, it's, it's weird that it's taken this long, but it is also such a welcome addition. The only, like, the thing for me, though, is that, Again, it's it's like it, it's good, but it's just it's such a shame that it's happening during this kind of era again where they're not allowed to make noise because it would be really interesting to see how the fans like reacted to this. Yeah, because this this I feel like this was a much more emotional moment than kind of how it come across because you couldn't have that crowd participate uh, participation and you couldn't have them be audible. I have watched some stud, not watched prop, not it properly, but they do get a good reaction from the crowd that they've had before pre-pandemic. So. Yeah, but that's what. But this is, I mean, this is Wrestle Kingdom. But doesn't it sound know? bad that it had to take a pan? I'm not saying it had to take a pandemic to get this match on main card, but it happened during the pandemic. I, th- I think that's what I'm saying. It's it's just it's a shame that it does. That it is happening now and it can't. It doesn't feel like live that it can get yeah. that same appreciation and that and that moment just isn't quite the same because you can't have people cheer it or become overly emotional about it. And I imagine that there would be something like that, but do you it, think, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's a really special moment. Yeah, but do you think? And I don't think they could get people from across like the American wrestlers that aren't. Um, Station in in Japan that yeah that this has replaced a match that could have been like you could have had this could have been like a moxie match or this could have been someone from like um, I get what you mean I don't know how long this was penciled in for if yeah. I'm honest but and let's be honest there must have been some sort of problem with filling some of these matches because like a lot of the same people from day one are on day two yeah so you can only imagine there is a bit of that but 
I would like to. Th- I would like to hope that it's not something like that. I don't know. I'm going to apologise for. I'm a bit nasally. I'd, I'd like to think that it's not to do with that, but I. I mean, regardless, it's just. It's. I'm. I'm really, really happy it's there. But the exhibition match was a tag team match, and it did see um, Mayu Awatani and Starlight Kid um, taken on Tam Nakano and Saya. Uh, Kamitani. Apologise if I've not pronounced those um, accurately, but yeah, that's the match there. It's uh, Tam and Saya actually pick up the win here. The match was, I mean, I don't know what the overall perception is of the actual match. I've got to give it a gold. Right. Just purely on the basis that this is historic. You know, there, there really is only one first. And again, I know we sort of, we did it sort of last year, but it was pre-show. So it's not to take anything away from that, but this was part of the actual main card. Yeah. And that's, again, we're still moving it in the right direction. So for me, huge, huge thumbs up on that one. So you gave it gold. Meltzer gave it four as well. Good. I, I mean, because I do, I enjoy the match, but I don't know if like part of it, because I was kind of beaming from ear to ear with it, because I'm just like, this is crazy. Like New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom, and we've got women in here just, like, they're actually wrestling. They're not being valets. They're not off doing, you know, like, it, it sounds weird. Like, I don't want to sort of be nasty about it because I know it's different cultures and different sort of ways of looking at things. And it's not like one person's way is better than the other or, or anything like yeah, that. It's kind, but, of, it's kind of like, um, to me, Mickey James and Trish Stratus at Mania 22. Finally, where, yeah. Where it's like, if fine, they finally had a women's match that actually felt like a match and not just like... um. Like a couple of minutes, some sort of yeah, yeah, slack fest, and which is good. But yeah, no, I, I, easily it's it's a gold. It was so it was just great, and it's going to be memorable for all of all of the right reasons as well. And that's not always necessarily the case. So oh yeah, which is what we need in wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Feel good. That's what we like. That's what we watch it. <laughs> um, speaking of feel good, again we get to see Shima. Back on a, in a New Japan ring again for the next match as we see the um, four-way for the provisional KOPW 2022 trophy. And that is the previous night's winners of Chase Owens, Shima, Tori Yanu and Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki. Uh, what's weird actually watching it again like through fight, they have to cut the music for a lot of people. All right. So they either play like the generic thing, like um, Taiji gets, you don't hear him singing. When he's coming out of Dangerous Techers, like you obviously that's part of his entrance, but you can't hear it because of the song he's singing to. Same thing here, actually, with Minoru Suzuki. Um, we don't get Kaznier, isn't it? I think it's pronounced. I, I'll I'll accept that because my pronunciation is terrible. <laughs> it's Kaznier and Rain or something like that. Is it? It's like, I feel really bad because I feel like as a wrestling fan, you should be able to know that. Yeah, I could sing to it when it comes on. And it hits that chorus. Everyone, everyone sings together. But I, I think it's something like that. I've, to be honest, Excalibur said it enough times; it should have drilled into my head now. But <laughs> I think the pronunciation is something like the pronunciation's like "King of the World," "King to the World." I think it's something like that. I, I think anyway. But I'll, I'll be absolutely destroyed in the in the comments anyway if I've got that wrong, which I probably have. So I'll look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I mean, this was, again, this wasn't really an overly memorable match. It wasn't very long at all. I think actually shortest of, of the night. 
Um, it was the year before, though, weren't it? That was yeah. It wasn't very. Didn't that didn't that open the main card? I think it did last year. Yeah, well, on day two at least. This it? one kind of gets that sort of again. It's sort of at the beginning, but just as you reach in the middle of the night, sort of thing. So I don't know. It was. I mean, that's what I mean. The fact that it was so short, it was it was fine. It wasn't offensive or anything. It doesn't get any trophies. Ironically, um, yeah, Suzuki gets beaten down after the match. They they handcuff him to the ropes. But I, I thought, yeah, it's going to build something down the, the line there. But um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where, where they go with it. But yeah, no trophy on that one. We do have next another six-man tag team match. They love, they love it, don't they? I know, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. I think it's one of those, like, WrestleMania is no different in the sense that they, they put things together just to have people in. Like the Battle Royals. Yeah. So, I don't know. But again, like, a lot of these people were on day one, so you can't, I suppose you can't really use that as, a, as an excuse. But it is a good thing because we get to see some dick again. Um, House of Torture... <laughs> <laughs> members evil Yujiro Takahashi and Sho who again we saw from day one uh, come out with Dick Togo and they're taking on chaos members Hiroki Goto Yoshihashi and Yo uh, Yo this for the never open weight six man tag team championship so evil um, obviously picks up the never open weight the night before as mm-hmm. we've we've gone through they are currently the reigning six man champs here on the never never open weight six man tag titles, so they're looking to defend them, which they do successfully here. I liked it again, but I suppose this is one of those we'll, we'll see where it all kind of leads longer down down the road with House of Torture and what they'll do with them. Um, I wouldn't give this one a trophy though. Well, Mountain gave it two two and a half, so it feels like you kind of agree. <laughs> <laughs> this is awkward, isn't it? But no, I, I I don't dislike it. I just didn't, you know, it, it it won't stick with me. I won't remember it. If I if it wasn't the fact I watched it yesterday, I won't remember this in a week. Really. So, so it's your version. I've already forgotten most of it. Yeah. But it's <laughs> so, your version of a Sean Spears match. Uh, like when I I remember some Sean Spears matches. Like a, he makes you remember some of them. I remember yeah. Tully being on his pants, on his Dick Togo. I remember that. Yeah, but. I remember Dick Togo, and that's really all that matters here, because Dick if is you, the man. Yeah, if you can't, if you forget Dick, what, you can never it? forget you, Dick. No, you, everyone needs to remember Dick. But, but what about Don? That's a British reference. <laughs> Dick and Don. Do you want to play bogeys? I've already done it. All. <laughs> uh, moving into next match of the night is Sonada taking on Great Khan. So again, another one that we kind of got the teaser for on day, on day one. Um, Slow this one, really. Well, uh, slow. Every, it was... time, every time I've seen Grey Khan, I don't think lightning quick. No, I like. I really like Grey Khan. I like yeah. his style a lot. And Sonada's got like such an interesting look about him. This is actually one of the ones I was I was looking forward to more. And maybe that's probably the reason why I was a bit more disappointed by it. Right. Um, it's not a bad match by any stretch, but I just feel like it was. Like we said for night one with the dangerous techers and chaos match, it kind of it started slow and then picked up, and I just don't feel like this one ever really picked up to a point that I felt like it should have got to, for me. So, again, not a bad match. There isn't a bad match on the on on uh, spread across all two nights, but this was just not considering how close it is towards the end of the night. It was um, 
It was a bit of a bring down in pace for me, but it, enjoyable nonetheless. Right. I think it's just I, again like my my point at this where I am at this point in time is I'm I'm already kind of tired because <laughs> I'm I'm watching this whole thing like in one go, and four hours well a bit more than four hours for day two is is a lot. So no trophy, but. There'll be those out there that I'm, I'm sure that really enjoyed this one. Well, you say no trophy, and we know who said how you agree with Meltzer in the last mm-hmm. match. Three point two five, he gave that one. It's I, I suppose it's there for, but I I just wanted it to pick up more than it did. It does pick up. Don't get me wrong; it doesn't like plod on at one pace for the entire thing. And in comparison to again, like what I'm expecting from Wrestle Kingdom, it it wasn't what I was quite expecting. I, I guess that's probably the big thing for me on that one but I think also it's because we've had better matches spread throughout this card than we did day one by this point in the show okay just just it was just sort of there for me okay. um next match though however I can't say the same thing about which is Tetsuya Naito taking on Jeff Cobb and I I mean I Naito is one of my favorites of New Japan anyway yeah and Jeff Cobb is one of my favorites in general I love Jeff Cobb. I will always, I will continue to bang on about a dream match being Jeff Cobb and Taz. Well, I'd, I'd always say that Jeff Cobb was the guy that AEW dropped the, the ball. B- with. Yeah, dropped the ball and missed the boat, whatever you want to call it. On whatever, whatever the situation was there, if they could have signed him, they should have signed him. But he's, he is having a great run. Yeah. In New Japan, you can't deny that. But like I say, we won't get Jeff Cobb versus Taz. Maybe one day we get Jeff Cobb versus Hook. <laughs> I just, I love him. I love everything about him in the ring. I think one of the stories they were telling on commentary here is that he's um, trying to steal other people's moves too much and needs to have more confidence in his own ability. All right. I think it's a story they're going for here. That is different. It is different because I think he, because he hits a moonsault, backfires. It actually leads to the kind of downfall for him in this match. Naito does pick up the victory. Um, I want to see more... I don't know. I don't know. There, I, I imagine at some point down the line, you'll have to have Cobb turn on Osprey and, you know, break free on his own. Because Cobb's, will, Cobb's too good to be like just the middle of the the road guy in a faction. Yeah, maybe maybe we see that next year, Pastor Kingdom. Uh, maybe, yeah. But I don't know. I think because we still need Osprey to, to get a win over Okada, which we are coming to. But yeah. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to go through all the moves in it. I think you really do need to just watch this one. I would 100% give this one a gold. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, Mount's is 3.75. So that's near, near enough. Middle of the road. It might sound a bit weird considering I didn't give Sonata and Greta Khan anything. But this one, again, it's just two styles that I feel worked really well together in Naito and Cobb. Mm. And there is some bias there because they are two of my favourites. But, you know, it's my rating. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Semi-main event then is Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Kenta for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. This is a no-disqualification match, and when they were telling you that it was a no-disqualification match, I was a bit like, well, we'll see how they do this, because New Japan is not known for that sort of style, really. No, and most most companies, no DQ can be like, one chair shot or like a table spot or kendo stick. This one, I, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Um, but it was a, the closest thing to a hardcore match that I've seen New Japan ever do. Um, I mean, they did do uh, 
Was it Archer Moxie? This raised the bar 100%. I mean, Kenta doesn't waste any time getting Kendo sticks out, throws one in the ring to Tanahashi, and they, they kind of start fighting with those straight away. Definitely seeing a different side of Tanahashi than what you've used to, to seeing throughout the years. Then the chairs start coming in. Um, then there's a big pile of chairs being built and they're hitting the moves on the big part. And that always is a cringe thing for me. Not cringes in, oh, no, why are they doing it? But, oh, my God, why are they doing it? Because it just looks like every move sucks on there. Like, right. you just, when, you know, you take like a big back body drop on it or something like that or a suplex, a slam, anything like that. And you just feel like one of the legs of them chairs is just going to like pop you straight in the rib or something. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's horrible to take anything on there, but they hit quite a few moves there. Um, chair shots, bin lid, a trash can comes out, and then tables start coming out. Yeah. One of the, well, so there's two table spots in this one, but the first one goes with a with an amazing falcon's arrow. Okay. From the top rope. Nice. From Kent to Tanahashi, that was great. The landing of it, though, I honestly, it looked disgusting. <laughs> so if you watch it back. Um, you've definitely got to check this one out. But if you, if you watch it back, you see Kenta when he lands, like his knee is like under the table. So like Tanahashi goes through, Kenta's knee kind of like bends inwards and the table lands on it. I honestly thought that there was going to be an injury there, but um looks like he was fine. But yeah, it, was, it looked gross. Um, <laughs> but no, that was a really cool spot. And then there's a, then we get to a couple of points in this match where the crowd actually make noise. You make that sound like they were quiet all the way through the whole show. No, but I mean it is like it is super quiet. Like they are just, they're, obviously they're doing what they're told, but it is just clapping. They genuinely make noise here, like it's audible. Um, Kenta gets this big ladder out, and like and I mean it's a big ladder. It's funny because he's shouting a ref like telling the ref to help him. Right. Um, well, Chris is doing the translation for it, but he's, he's saying that he's telling the ref to help, and the ref's like, "No, I'm not touching it." Which is really weird because actually the ref doesn't touch it at all. Hmm. Even when he, so he's fine. He, he gets through it. He's he's tightened it all up how he meant how he's meant to. He's going back to like hit Tanahashi a few times whilst this is happening. Yeah, you know to make it look believable. But it, but it was good again. Like I liked it. It seemed quite realistic. He's got Tanahashi set up now, propped up on this other table in the ring anyway, and it looks like he's going to climb up the ladder, jump on him. Right. He starts climbing the ladder, and it does look a bit wobbly. <laughs> It's a big ladder, right? Ref doesn't get... You know, like, we'll see it in, like, AEW and WWE, like, pretty much any other wrestling company. They hold when they the start, ladder down. Yeah, they'll, they'll hold the ladder and, like, the camera crew just have to sort of do their best to sort of not show it. So it's too obvious, but they'll they'll hold the ladder for support. Not this ref. He's in the corner. He's like, I ain't touching it. Fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah. So it was, it was really wobbly. But um, then Tanahashi gets up off the table and he starts swaying the ladder. And it goes like really far one way, and it's like, oh my god! <laughs> and the crowd like they gasp, and that was the first time they made the noise. Kentner takes a big hard um, smack on the on the mat. His head smashes with the trash can that was used earlier, cuts his head open, and then Tanahashi puts him on the table. He climbs up and hits this huge splash off the top, and again the crowd like actually makes noise for it. Gets the whim. Nice. Really, really good match. Like, genuinely, it was a good match anyway, but it just shocked me because of how different that was for New Japan. I've got to give it a platinum. All right. Um, Meltzer gave it four. It's, I've got to give it a platinum. It was so different from them. And again, that's what I wanted to see. Like, 
for for a two day show that on day one just felt like there wasn't quite enough there. This one really did, you know, it was really picking up now. Now I felt ready for the main event after seeing that. Ash, you'll be pleased to know we're at the main event. Oh, good, I can go home in a minute. <laughs> this is the singles match for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, the unofficial undisputed match, but it's the um, the second one at Wrestle Kingdom between Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada. And long story short, I don't know if you remember last year's, but we rated it really high. Yes. And we loved it. Because it was Jay White. <laughs> this one, uh, well, main event-wise, but I mean the actual Ospreay and Okada match. Yeah. That, that match from last year with them two, we rated high. I think this everyone one, did. I think everyone. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. This one I've got to tell you was better. Really? Yeah. This one was easy. I'll just go now with the, say it's platinum because it is platinum. The only thing for me in this match is I kind of would have wanted to have seen Osprey win it. Is that not the British wrestling fan saying it, or is that because he didn't? No, even it, because it, it's, he didn't unfairly didn't lose the title. He had to be forced to give it up. There's a there's a bit of that in there. I'm not overly as as concerned with that again because if the story has moved on to a point where it makes more sense going a different route now, then I'm all for that. But no, it, no, genuinely, it's not like win, lose, or draw. That's he's in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. That's already yeah. a, a huge win. Um, I, I just think it's more because when you look at that more that history between Osprey, Chaos, and Okada, that it felt like this would be the one where he gets his win back. Because I mean, Okada goes over him last year. Yeah, and some, United Empire actually had a really bad day too. Like none, like they don't win any of their matches. Didn't they do it the same last year? Because Jeff Cobb didn't win. I don't think one of them won. Well, Greater Khan, Greater Khan did, uh, yeah, won Greta his Khan match. Won, so. But yeah, I don't think they had a really good night. I mean, yeah, they won their their tag match on day one, but again, it's that's not what that's not the one you're going to remember. No, it's this one. Um, and and technically, te- and not technically, but I'm sure historically, the, the person that challenges the title, they never officially lost. They usually win it back. First match, they get a chance. Yeah. I suppose, like, if you want to put the stats up against each other, on the flip side of that coin, it's again, like, Okada just won it. So, do you have him win the title and lose it the very next day? Because if they're going to continue to do this trend at Wrestle Kingdom, they're going to have to do this at some point. Oh, yeah, it's like um... they're going to have to, they can't just have it so a guy wins it on day one and then retains it on day two every single time yeah. because it becomes too predictable. Because how many times has had the Rumble winner? win the, the big title match of Mania. Well, I'd argue now that with the Rumble, actually, more often than not, the Rumble winner tends to lose. It seems to be that way now. I'm not saying... that You know, I, I'm not here to book it. I, I Again, I've got no problem with Okada winning it. No. But I just feel that like that could have been a good moment for, for Osprey. But again, it depends on what they're going to do with this story going down the line. At some point, though, Osprey does have to to take that title back, I feel. Yeah. Because he, he didn't get a fair shout of it. And... I, I do think that the best person for him to take it off of would be Okada from a storyline aspect. It, yeah. He it, it doesn't look weak, though. Let's, I'm, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've ragged on it a bit. And genuinely, this is my favourite match over all of both of the nights. Like, a hundred, honestly, easy platinum. But yeah. I, it's not, I'm not ragging on the whole thing. Like, it's just, I mean, it would have been nice and I'm just trying to envision where it will go 
without trying to be the fantasy booker because at the same time, you know, you've got to take that step back and just enjoy what you're watching for what it is. But there was really good stuff in this. Like, Will Ospreay didn't look weak by any stretch of the imagination. He kicks out of the Rainmaker. Yeah. Which is a huge feat. Um, I don't know how many people have kicked out of the Rainmaker. You can have a look if you want to, but... Uh, it, it feels like it's one of those moves I, that rarely gets kicked out. I feel like it's a very protected but, finisher. Yeah, it, which is a rare thing, really. It's only yeah. like a one-wing angel and um, end of days. <laughs> yeah, of all things, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a very protected finisher, and... The fact that Osprey gets the kick out here it added something more to the match. And it was weird because like it didn't really feel like it was the end of the match at the point where he hits the Rainmaker. Because he hits those ones like you know, like just the normal kind of where he doesn't get all of it, I guess you can call yeah. it. But this was a proper like he spins him round and clocks him and he kicks out. Um cool, really cool spot with Osprey climbing up one of the rigs. <laughs> one of the what you'd call it, I suppose, like the uh, the metal structure and the four that they have sort of either side there. Right. And he climbs up and hits a moonsault that was picture perfect, like leg- legitimately um, one of the best moonsaults I've ever seen. Um, it's just, it's cra- like it's just move after move. It gets to a point, it's like, it is 100 miles an hour. They trade off, they obviously, they have their big standoff and trade off of striking and elbows and forearms and everything else. Um by the end of it, they're exhausted, and you believe it. Like it's a it's a war. It is a fight. I, honestly, there's nothing about the actual match that I'd change like at all in terms of like, you know, I'd say maybe yeah, if Osprey wins it, but in terms of like how the match played out, it was just it was perfect. Like it's one of my favourites. I think. Right. I don't know if I would necessarily put it up against Ibushi and Jay White last year. No, no, yeah. Because that was a hell of a, that was I mean, an amazing match. But this really is like I think if anything's going to come, that this was a worthy contender. I just think it maybe needs to sit longer in the um, like in my memory, right? Have a bit of time from it, and then maybe watch them both again. You know, like now with time being a factor, and just to see which one would would beat which. Not that it matters. Obviously, you've got to rate it on its own merit. But yeah. so you you gave it platinum easily, yeah, easily. Meltzer, wanna guess? Oh, you must have given this like over five stars. Yeah, five point seven five. Yeah, which is and it feels weird because it feels like every year at Wrestle Kingdom he gives like two or three five stars, but just give one and obviously the, the last match of the New Japan itself, not before. Um, yeah, he's always going to. But but the thing is, that's a testament to New Japan and yeah. how good they are. You know, overall, like I say, it didn't. You've got to judge it on its own merits, but Wrestle Kingdom this year wasn't quite as good overall as it was last year for me. No. But day two definitely did help because it was a much better card with much better matches on there with just more excitement. But I think the biggest takeaway is hopefully, like we say, next year, hopefully we'll have full capacity back in the Tokyo Dome and people can make noise because that is what we're really, really missing yeah. with these shows more than anything. But yeah, man, I don't know. Checking out when you've got the time. And for those who, who have watched it and have stuck with us for this review, thank you very much. Uh, we did get there in the end. It just took a little while because of how long yeah, the show is. So it just took a while for us to get yeah, to by it. The time, the time this one has ended, you would have watched about two matches and a couple. It'll be Wrestle Kingdom 17. Yeah, probably. <laughs> now, we've got some more stuff coming up soon. Obviously, we'll be back again uh, this week to cover all the news of wrestling obviously there's a lot of Shane McMahon news at the moment so we'll go through all of that won't we we're also going to be recapping the Rumble 
and GCW's, uh, well, the World on GCW pay-per-view from the Hammerstein Ballroom, along with the Hall of Fame that accompanied it the night before, and everything else in between. Yeah, there's more chance of some big news happening by the end of this. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. <laughs> but, everybody, let us know what you thought of New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 16. Uh, if you're on YouTube, then leave us a comment below, like the video, do subscribe if you've enjoyed it. Of course, this will also be out uh, as normal over cro- across all of the podcasting platforms. So wherever you listen to us, give us a like, give us a follow, whatever the lingo may be. Leave us a five-star review if you're on Apple or Spotify. And make sure to check us out at 3 men one Fall on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Ash, got anything else you want to say to the fine folks? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, don't try us at home. Don't try to say. Well, you can if you've got a mic. <laughs> yeah, don't we don't want, we don't want you being better than us. Oh, well, that's well, it's not hard, is it? Well, not really. If you've watched if you've watched our YouTube video, you will find out. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously we're going to do more of those in the future. Yes. But yeah, in the meantime, guys, hope you're having a great day wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And we will catch you in the near future. In the very near future. Talk about some hiccups and money. Here we go. But not, no dick. We love dick. Is that how you're going to end it? Probs, yeah. <laughs> three men, three men. One ball, one ball. I did it, I did it for the people.